This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pet. P-E-P-Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman! Today, the reprieve granted Tommy Lee by the swift action of Superman is short-lived, as Matt Riggs, fanning the flames of hate, rides with his hooded followers to another cowardly attack. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. If you could line up all those tender flakes of Kellogg's Pep that are eaten every morning for breakfast, how far do you think that line would stretch? Way out beyond the horizon. Why, you bet your life. And if you could heap together all the good eating fun you fellows and girls have with Kellogg's Pep, why, you'd practically have a mountain. Because Kellogg's Pep is really hep when it comes to tickling your taste. For one thing, it's loaded with sparkling sunshine flavor. Now come back for more flavor. And Pep is crisp, too, and light, and toasted golden brown. And Mom knows Kellogg's Pep is good for you. Sure, brings you solid whole wheat nourishment. Plus, that's nutrition for you in a neat form. Why, Pep tastes so terrifically good, you keep busy as anything until you've finished up every bit in your bowl. And that's one way to keep from wasting it, you know. And another way is to pour it out carefully. Because nobody wants to waste Pep when we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls overseas. So, gang, when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, make sure there's no waste at your house. Always eat all your Pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Jimmy Olsen, as manager of the Unity House baseball team, selected a Chinese boy named Tommy Lee for his number one pitcher, he incurred the wrath of a band of intolerant bigots calling themselves the clan of the Fiery Cross. The former pitcher, a boy named Chuck, was the nephew of Matt Riggs, Grand Scorpion of the clan, whose American credo is one race, one religion, one color. Seeing an opportunity to extend his campaign of intolerance, Riggs harangued his followers into a fury against the innocent Chinese family by persuading his jealous nephew to say that Tommy Lee had tried to kill him. Following two cowardly attacks on Tommy, which were foiled by Superman, Riggs decided to tar and feather the boy. As we continue now, 12 of the robed and hooded bigots are climbing into a canvas-covered truck in the yard behind Matt Riggs' house, just as Chuck rides his bicycle into the driveway. Not wanting to be seen, the boy wheels quickly under a tree, remaining undetected in the darkness. Listen. 
Chuck Riggs watches the truck carrying his uncle and the other hooded terrorists roar out of the dark driveway. Cheapers, they said something about getting Tommy Lee. I, I better follow him. Pedaling as hard as he can, Chuck Riggs rides his bicycle out of the driveway just as the clam truck turns the corner. Then his eyes fixed on his two winking red tail lights, he follows. Another turn, jouncing over the railroad tracks. And the truck comes to a stop, brakes squealing before a small, modest bungalow. Riggs and his hooded clansmen leap to the pavement, strike down a police officer who starts to challenge them, then stride across the tiny patch of lawn onto Tommy Lee's front porch. Just as Chuck skids into the vacant lot across the street and throws himself panting to the ground, Matt knocks heavily on the door of the little house. Open the door, Tommy Lee! Open it up and hurry up! Holy smokes! That's the kid, that's the kid, grab boy! Come on, you dirty little Let punk. me go, let me go, will you? Ah, we'll let you go and oh, we'll get done with you. What, what's me. going on here? Good heavens, take your hands off my son. Oh, take care of that silly foreigner, somebody. I, I am, I'm not a foreigner. I'm an American. Let my son alone. Don't you touch him. Oh. Well, let's oh. take care of the old man. Come on now. Bring the kid out of the truck. You madness. What did you do to my father? He got off easy compared to what you're going let to get. Let me go. Let go of me. Yeah, nice. Go to tar and feathers. Throw him in that truck and gag him. Let me go. Help. Help. In with you, you little yellow rat. Okay, rat. Okay, drive to the fence and step on it. into the night with young Tommy Lee and his brutal captors. Chuck Riggs scrambles to his feet in the vacant lot, sweating with fear and his legs shake under him. They're murderers. They're going to kill Tommy. I can't let them do that. I... I gotta do something. The police. No, I'll get arrested. It was my fault because I told lies about Tommy. I... Oh, what will I do? I got it. I'll call Jim Olsen. He'll know Oh, you'll recognize my voice. I gotta do something. I gotta. Oh, wait. I know. Yeah, this will do it. I gotta get to a telephone, but fast. Leaping on his bicycle, Chuck rides furiously toward a lighted drugstore in the distance. A few minutes later, a sleepy night telegraph operator in the deserted Daily Planet City room yawns and reaches for the ringing telephone at his side. Hello, Daily Planet. Is Mr. Kent there, please? Kent? No, he left long ago. He did? Well, gosh, I gotta talk to him. Do you know where he went? I wouldn't know, bud. Call up in the morning. Bye. Wait, wait. I gotta talk to him, I tell you. I've gotta. Haven't you any idea where he is? How would I know where Kent is? I'm only the night wire man. Call up tomorrow. I can't wait till tomorrow. It's a matter of life or death. Look, could you tell me what his home number is? Hold on, bud. I guess it's in the book here. Oh, gee, thanks. Let's see. Here it is. Metropolis 4320. Metropolis 4320. Metropolis 4320. Thanks, mister. Goodbye. Oh, Mr. Kent doesn't answer. Oh, what'll I do? I just gotta talk to him. I've gotta tell him about Tommy before... before it's too late. Come on, Mr. Kent. Answer your phone. Please answer. Desperately, Chuck Riggs tries again and again to reach Clark Kent, but in vain. 
Meanwhile, the truck carrying Tommy Lee and the hooded mugs has crossed the Metropolis River to the wooded shore beyond. It is now lumbering down a narrow, little-used hill road whose shoulders drop away sharply into leafy darkness. That little kid's family will certainly beat it out of town after this, Matt. Yeah, think you can make Lee's job in the health department? Sure, I can't. Just leave it to me. Hey, come back here! out in a long line and work their way slowly downhill through the thin woods. Their victim, Tommy Lee, crouches behind a fallen log at the edge of the swift-running river. His forehead is beaded with sweat and he hugs his throbbing right arm, broken in the leap from the truck. Blocking his teeth to prevent his crying out in pain, his heart hammers wildly as he hears his relentless pursuers draw closer and closer. They're coming closer and closer. What do I do? What do I do? See him yet, Will? Not yet. I'm going to watch Sharp. We're coming to the river. He must be around here someplace. Gosh, they're all around. They'll find me sure. They'll kill me. You guys feel good. get some of those punk any minute now. Look, there's the river. He must be right in here somewhere. I'll give him an extra coat of tar for this. Creepers, here they come. They'll find me now sure. Well, they didn't have this broken arm. I could try to swim. I've got to go in the river anyhow. It's my only chance. All right, I guess this is curtains. And here it goes. Will, what was that? What? Did you hear that big splash? Come on. Look, look, there he is. Where, where? In the river, don't you see? The current's taking around the bend. Holy shit. Come on, we got to get him out. No, no, wait. Let him alone. He won't last five minutes in those rapids. I know it, but we... Ah, oh, the river's done our job, Will. Now we got to get out of here fast. Okay, boys, everybody back to the truck. <laughs> seize the painfully injured Tommy Lee and sweep him into the torrent of deep rushing water pouring around the bend. The robed and hooded clan, their murderous work done, turn and hurry up through the woods to their truck. Meanwhile, several miles away in Metropolis, Chuck Riggs, suffering the pangs of conscience, is still in a drugstore telephone booth calling Clark Kent's telephone number over and over again. Keep ringing, operator. I've got to get Mr. Kent. I've got to. Or maybe I'll be a... a murderer. How near is Chuck to the truth? Aware now that his own jealousy and lies had brought about the tragic attack on young Tommy Lee by the clan of the Fiery Cross, Chuck Riggs has been for some time attempting to reach Clark Kent by phone from a drugstore. Suddenly, the door of the booth is thrust open. Look, Sonny, you expect to stay in this phone booth all night? Huh? Oh, no, as soon as I get this call, I'll be... You've been in there half an hour. Get out now and give me a chance. I can't, mister. This call is awful important. So is mine. I can't wait around all night while you talk to your girl. I'm not calling a girl. You see... Come on now. Get out and let me make my call. I have the manager of the store throw you out. But jeepers. Besides, you ought to be in bed for this hour. Now, get out. Oh, gosh. Well, oh, all right. Lost to leave the phone booth, Chuck Riggs hangs up at the very moment that Clark Kent, returning to his apartment, hears the phone ringing, opens the door quickly, and rushes across the room. Hello? 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 Nobody on the line. I wonder who wanted me. I hope it wasn't anything important. 
Browning, Clark Kent, whom we know to be Superman, the one person who might still be able to save Tommy Lee, replaces the telephone, unaware that by a grim stroke of fate, by the merest fraction of a second, Tommy's doom may have been sealed. What will happen now, as the vicious clan of the Fiery Cross, the cowardly men of murder at night hidden behind their sheets and hoods, succeeded in doing away with an innocent boy whose only crime in the eyes of his attackers is that his skin is a different color from theirs? No. We're sure Superman can still find out in time to save Tommy and defeat the men of hate. But how? Monday tells the story, so be sure to be with us then. Tune in Monday, same time, same station. Don't miss a single minute of the next thrilling episode in this expose of fanatical and un-American bigotry. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's pet. Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, the fate of Tommy Lee rests, strangely enough, in the hands of Chuck Briggs, whose desperate attempt to reach Clark Kent has thus far ended in failure. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, was breakfast on the beam at your house this morning? On the sunbeam, I mean, with Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Pep is so bold and delicious, it gives your appetite the old come on. Makes you want to eat the hearty sort of meal that helps start your day in high. Why, Kellogg's Pep looks irresistible. All toasted and crisp and tender. And when you sample that sunshine flavor, mm -mm, you settle down for a session of mighty nifty eating. You'll find out how those tender whole wheat flakes practically melt in your mouth. How that sunny flavor tickles your taste. How each spoonful of Kellogg's Pep is so good, you won't want to stop until you've polished off every bit in your bowl. And you know, it's particularly important nowadays not to waste cereal, because we're sending the grains to fellows and girls overseas. So make sure you pour your Pep carefully, and make sure you do eat up every bit you pour out. And say, kind of keep an eye on your younger brothers and sisters, too. When Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocer's, Make sure you eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. 
jealous because Jimmy Olsen, manager of the Unity House baseball team, had replaced him in the pitcher's slot with a Chinese boy named Tommy Lee, young Chuck went with his uncle to a meeting of the clan of Fiery Cross, whose un-American credo is one race, one religion, one color. Coached by his Uncle Matt, leader of the hooded mob, Chuck said that Tommy had tried to kill him. Incensed and seeing an opportunity to start a wave of terror, the clansmen snatched up the Chinese boy and carried him away to tar and feather him. The boy managed to leap from their speeding truck, but took his arm in the fall. And as he hid in a patch of woods, the cowardly horde in robes and hoods closed in on him. Terrified and in pain, Tommy threw himself into the river and was swept by the swift current toward a seething rapid. Meanwhile, tortured by his conscience, Chuck Riggs has been unsuccessfully attempting to contact Clark Kent by telephone. Kent entered his apartment just as Chuck, forced out of a phone booth, hung up. But as we continue now, Kent's phone is ringing again. Listen. Hello? Hello. Is, is this Mr. Kent? Yes, who's calling? I, uh, I can't tell you, but listen, Mr. Kent. A friend said you've gotten lots of guys out of trouble. What? Maybe you can help Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee? What happened to him? The clan of the fiery cross guy. What? Uh, they're going to tar and feather him. Wait, Scott, when was this? Where? Tonight, just a little while ago. They grabbed him and... And took him away in a truck. Oh, gosh, you're going to do something. You just... All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where do they take him, do you know? Well, I mean, they said something about going to the bend. Jeepers, the Mr. bend? Kent. The river bend? I don't know. I just heard him say the bend. Listen, somebody better do something. I'll do everything I can. Goodbye. Off with these clothes. After those rotten hate mongers. That's Superman. Now, if only I'm not too late to stop them. Stripping off his business suit, Clark Kent stands revealed in the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Swiftly, he steps to the window and opens it. Out! Up! And away! <laughs> Leaping out into the night sky, Superman speaks across the great city, over the wide metropolis river and to the low foothills, where a narrow, swifter-running river tumbles down from the mountains, bends around a patch of woods, and rushes over a boiling rapids on its way to empty the metropolis river. Suddenly, the Man of Steel checks his rocket-like flight over the patch of woods in which young Tommy Lee had tried vainly to elude his hooded pursuers. There's the band. But I don't see Tommy or any clansmen. Either I'm too late or... Wait a minute. What's that caught between those two rocks? That's Tommy. And the current is dragging him from the rapids. Down to him. Down! Tommy. Tommy. Poor kitty's unconscious. Much more, this arm is broken. He's in bad shape. Got to get him to a hospital. Up, up, and away! Leaping up from the seething wrap with the limp, battered body of Tommy Lee in his arms, Superman streaks back to Metropolis and deposits the boy at the General Hospital. A short time later, once more in his guise and garb of Clark Kent, he speaks to a hospital physician. How is Tommy Lee, Doctor? He's suffering from shock and exposure, and he has a broken arm, but he'll pull through. Oh, that's fine. May I see him? Not tonight, Mr. Kent. The boy needs rest and quiet. We've given him a sedative to make him sleep. I see. By the way, Tommy kept asking for his father when he regained consciousness. Yes, well... He seemed very much concerned about him. I think it would be advisable for Dr. Lee to be here in the morning when Tommy wakes up. I'm afraid that won't be possible. You see, Dr. Lee was slugged by the same cowardly gang that almost murdered his son. Good heavens! But why? Well... I know Lee's fine chap and he's done some excellent work in bacteriology. Uh, you know a man's worth means nothing to those fanatical hooded gangsters. The cowards... Look here, Mr. Kent, this is an outrage. Can't something be done about it? Believe me, Doctor, something will be done about it as soon as possible. I've got to go to police headquarters now, but here. Here's my card. It has both my home and office telephone numbers on it. If anything develops, call me at once, will you please? I certainly will. Thank you. Good night, Doctor. Now, what about it, Kent? Has 
Henderson found out who those scoundrels are yet? Well, he knows they're the clan of the Fiery Cross, Chief. Well, we all know that now. But who are the rats behind those sheets and hoods? We haven't found that out yet. No, you haven't? No. Then what have you found out? Well, very little. And you can't blame the police because until this happened, no one knew the clan was organized in Metropolis. Except for the police officer they slugged in front of the Lee house and Tommy and his father. No one has even seen them before. Oh, can't they identify at least one of those rats? Oh. All the officer and Tommy and Dr. Lee saw was a gang of hooded men. No, no, not men. Cowardly hyenas. Well, Real men don't hide behind sheets and gang up on someone just because he goes to a different church or because his skin happens to be a different color. Now, look, Aunt, the boy who phoned you last night, he knew the clan was going to tar and feather Tommy Lee and he knew where they were taking him. Wouldn't he know who they were? Possibly. Well, who's the boy? Well, that's the $64 question. What do you mean? Now, don't tell me you didn't have sense enough to ask him who he was. Well, sure, I asked him, but he wouldn't tell me. He wouldn't know. I never heard his voice before. But if we could find that boy, I think we could find out who some of the clansmen are. Well, we've got to find him. Well, that's fine, but how? Our only clue to him is his voice. We can't go around and pick up every boy in Metropolis and question him. No, but... Wait a minute, Chief. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. What? Let's run a front-page letter in the Daily Planet addressed to that boy. Show him that... That not only Tommy Lee, but he and every other boy in America who doesn't part his hair the way the Klan likes is in danger. I'll ask him to come to us, or to the police. You've got something there, Kent, but I'll go you one better. What? I'll run a letter addressed to everyone in Metropolis and offer a $1,000 reward to anyone who can reveal the identity of the single cowardly member of that rotten gang of hooded murderers. Good. Swell idea. I'll smoke those skunks out from behind their sheets or my name isn't Perry White. <laughs> sheet from attacking us and get them to cut out that reward stuff that'll get in the way of our work. Right, but how can we? The planet's a big newspaper. Oh, well, there's ways to handle it. Look, call the members of the action committee. Tell them to meet tonight in my garage as soon as it gets dark. You got that? Check. Okay, get going. Tonight we'll show that daily planet, but they ain't big enough to stop the clan of the Fiery Cross. Replacing the telephone, Matt Riggs, Grand Scorpion of the clan of the Fiery Cross sits staring into the half-shadows of his library. His mad, sleepy eyes, cold and unwinking as those of a jungle beast. What plot is he hatching up against our friends on the Daily Planet? It is now late that same evening. Editor Perry White at the wheel of his car is driving Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen out to his suburban home. Well, it looks as if so far that first-page letter in the Daily Planet was a washout. Don't give up hope yet, Jim. No, give it a chance. Gee whiz, the first edition came out at noon. Not one person's called up yet to give us the name of a clansman. Well, we might get some calls tonight. I sure hope so. I want to get the guys who did that to Tommy Lee. Gosh, Mr. Kent, he darn near broke me up when I went to see him this afternoon. What do you mean, Jim? Well, he, he didn't say a word about what had happened to him or his father. He just said, sorry I won't be able to help you win the championship game next week, Jim. Mm. What the fuck, Chief? I, I did. Stop talking about Tommy. I get so sore I can't see where I'm driving. I'm sore, too. That chance we've got to win next week without Tommy in the box. Well, what's happened is much more important than a ball game, Jim. Oh, sure, I know. I found out what hate mongers are like when we tangled with Frank Hill and his mom. Only it gets me so mad. What right is the clan or anybody else to pick on a swell kid like Tommy Lee because his color is different? What business is it there of theirs what color his skin is? None of that business, confound it. They're a bunch of ignorant fanatics. Leave that car! Get over your... Okay, okay. 
close. Yeah, a little too close for comfort. You're not kidding. Uh, I get so blame mad when I... Oh, don't drive when you're angry. Fortunately, we're practically at the house. I think you turn at the next corner, Chief. Uh, don't you think I know my own street? I'd remind you. Well, I just got an idea for an editorial for tomorrow's paper, Mr. Kent. How about... Wait a minute. Chief, look. Well, what's the matter? Up ahead. On your arm. Well, gee whiz. Good. Good Godfrey. A flaming cross. Their eyes wide, Clark Kent, Perry White, and Jim Olsen stare ahead at Perry White's lawn, on which burns a wooden cross, symbol of the dreaded plan of the fiery cross. The cowardly men of hate and bigotry who stalk at night, anonymous in their robes and hoods, have dared to warn Editor White that he is next on their list. What will happen now? A great deal happens tomorrow, fellows and girls, so be sure to be with us. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. planet's attack on the clan of the Fiery Cross has brought their vengeance down on Perry White, and the symbol of hatred burns again, this time at the door of the gray-haired editor. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, you like to travel, don't you? Well, how about letting your imagination travel to Egypt tomorrow morning and have yourself a pep pyramid for breakfast? You know, that's this week's dish of the week, named for the pyramids of Egypt and planned to give your appetite a real build-up. Here's how it goes. In the bottom of your bowl, pile up your serving of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, in the shape of a pyramid. Then at the foot of your Pep pyramid, scatter some fruit, you know, like uh, juicy red raspberries, add milk and sugar, and there's your Pep pyramid, the newest way to show you what Kellogg's Pep can do for fresh, ripe fruit. Mm -mm. How Pep sunshine flavor does rise and shine. How that sunny golden toasted goodness does tickle your taste. Why, Kellogg's Pep is so good, you'll be busy eating until you've finished off every last bit in your bowl. Which is the smart thing to do, especially nowadays, when we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls overseas. Remember that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Don't waste it. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. That's important, gang. Eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. On the clan of the Fiery Cross, a group of intolerant fanatics attacked a Chinese boy named Tommy Lee, star pitcher on Jimmy Olsen's Unity House baseball team. Only the prompt action of Superman saved the innocent boy's life. Furious, 
Editor Perry White published a scathing editorial against the Klan in the Daily Planet and offered a $1,000 reward to anyone who could identify a single one of the robed and hooded bigots. That night, when White, Jimmy, and Clark Kent drove up to the editor's suburban home, they were startled to see a huge cross of fire burning on White's front lawn. Great Scott! Look, Chief! Gee whiz! A burning cross. That's the symbol of the clan. It means those hate mongers have selected you as their next victim, Chief. Sleeping lizards, no, they can't. Quick, we've got to call the fire department. Well, don't bother, someone's already done that. Come on, Chief, pull out of their way. Oh, good night. Good night, Mr. Pittman, and thanks for your offer, but we'll be all right. Boy, I thought your neighbors would never leave, Chief. Yeah, so did I. Well, hasn't this been an exciting half hour? Yes, and frightening, too. Frightening? Huh. If this was meant to frighten me, it was a total waste of time. Holy smokes, Chief. Don't you know what a burning cross means? Why, sure I know. It's a warning for me to lay off the clan. But I'll be hanged if I'll knuckle under to a bunch of ignorant cowards who hide behind hoods and sheets. Now, these men are dangerous. Granted, they're cowardly. They're still dangerous while they remain anonymous. And how? But look, what I can't figure out, Mr. Kent, is why they're picking on Mr. White. He's no foreigner, and his skin's not... The reason's obvious, Jim. You mean it's because of my editorial telling of the rotten history of the clan and pointing out the un-American bigotry they stand for? Exactly. Well, they won't make me shut up. I'll keep after them until they're brought out into the open and... Sure, I know you will, Chief, but you must take precautions. I can't watch over you every minute. You? I I mean, uh, we. That is, I'm sure Inspector Henderson will assign a couple of plainclothes men, but even... Not to me, he won't. I'm not going to let those scoundrels think I'm scared of them. Oh, but look, Chief... I think Mr. Kent is right. I don't care what you think, or Kent either. The clan is going to find out that I mean business. And that they can't scare me with their mumbo-jumbo and burn crosses. But you can Now, can't... no more arguments. First, we'll have something to eat, and then we'll go to work. Hoko! Say, that's strange. Hoko isn't here, Chief. Well, of course he's here. Hoko! Oh, I tell you, he isn't here. Then I tell you, he is. I talked to him just before we left the office. I told him to have some supper ready for us. But, Hoko! Where are you, you lazy beggar? Not in the kitchen. Hoko! Well, maybe he's in his room, Mr. White. No, he isn't there either. Oh, how do you know it isn't, Mr. Kent? Can't see from here. Oh, no. Well, I, I, I just well, got a feeling he isn't. Funny, he, he's not in his room either. And he didn't finish preparing supper. The stuff spread all around the kitchen and the refrigerator is open. Hey, I don't like this. Hey, maybe he got scared by the burning cross and went upstairs. No, I tell you, he isn't. Sure, there. that's probably what happened. He's probably under my bed, scared to death. Come on, we'll go up and get him. No, don't bother. He isn't upstairs, Chief. Kent, are you trying to tell me that you can look through the ceiling like Superman? Oh, no, no, but uh, I, I tell you, he... Great Scott! Huh? What's the matter? The garage! Come on, follow me! See? There's Poco, Chief. Where? Over there, lying in the corner of the garage. Jeepers. What's the matter with him? Poco. I can't hear you, Jim. He's unconscious. Unconscious? Unconscious. Poor little fellow. What happened to him? Wait, let's have a look. I'll turn him over. Is he alive? Yes, but... Gosh, look at his face. All, All cut up and... Good heavens. Poor chap must have been in an accident. I don't think it was an accident, Chief. I think Poco was beaten up. Beaten? Oh, who'd want to beat up little Poco, Mr. Kenny? Why, he never heard a fly. Tommy Lee and his father never heard anyone either, Jim. Tommy Lee and his father? You mean... The Fiery Cross Gang? Yes. Unless I miss my guess, our friends in the hoods and sheets. This dirty piece of work. The rats. The dirty rats. Jim, you run ahead and get the first aid kit out, will you? I'll carry Poco into the house. Hurry. <laughs> Now, drink a little more water, Poco. Uh, Easy. Uh, there. How do you feel now? Oh, woe is me. Such misery. Do you hurt very much, Poco? My body, Jim, is a mass of pain. I'm sure I'll never walk again. Oh, you'll walk all right. Uh, yes, of course you will. Who did this to you, Poco? Some terrible men who sneaked out of the night. Oh, dear. 
They gave me such a fright. Each wore a sheet and a hood over his head, like ghosts came back from the dead. They weren't ghosts, Poco. They were the clan of the Fiery Cross. The scoundrels. Now, what happened, Poco? Uh, why did they beat you up? They were spreading a cross upon our lawn. I was frightened, but I told them to be gone. They struck me down and kicked me. No. That's all I recall till I saw you. Except, uh, except they said... Why the dirty... Just a moment, Jim. What did they say, Poco? I'm so hurt and so sore. I can hardly talk anymore. Well, just try to tell us what they said, Poco. They said, tell White. We'll get him, too. Unless he lays off us in his newspaper. Oh, uh-huh. they get me, eh? Well, we'll see who gets home. If they think they can shut me up by burning a cross on my lawn, by beating up poor Poco, they'll just wait till they see the Daily Planet tomorrow. <laughs> You will. Come in, I. What are you jumpy about, Frank? The latest story in the Daily Planet raising the reward for us to five grand? Yeah, that's a lot of dough, Will. Somebody might get tempted to take a chance and spill on us. Well, that's why I'm here. Matt Riggs says for you to be ready for action at six o'clock tonight. You got that? Yeah. What's going to happen? You'll find out tonight. Be ready for action at six. Glad you dropped in, Will. I want to ask you about the new story in the planet about us. How did a white raise reward of five thousand? I know all about it, George. That's why I'm here. Matt Riggs says for you to be ready for action at 6 o'clock tonight. At 6, huh? What are we going to do? You'll find out tonight. Be ready for action at 6 o'clock. I'm glad you showed up, Will. Look, you tell Matt we got to do something about that lousy daily planet. He's way ahead of you, Hank. We're going to take care of that tonight. Yeah, that's what Matt said last night, but the burning cross didn't shut White's big mouth. He's raising such a fuss, every cop in Metropolis is looking for us. We know, we know, but don't worry. He won't raise any more fuss after tonight, Hank. I'll guarantee you that. You just be ready for action at 6 o'clock. This is going to be the works. Going from one classman to another, Will Jennings, the mouthpiece for Matt Riggs, Grand Scorpion of the Clan of the Fiery Cross, gives the order to stand by for action tonight. What will happen? At a quarter past six that same evening, Daily Planet editor Perry White impatiently drums his fingers on the desk in his office, then rises to his feet. Well, come on, Olsen. We're going home. Going home? But you promised to wait for Mr. King. I know, I know. But he said he'd be here at 6 and at 6.15 now. Our editor said for anyone wanting to give information about the clan after 6 o'clock to call me at home. So we'd better get going. I don't want to risk missing a call. Oh, but Mr. Kent said for you not to leave the office without him. Mr. Kent said. Is he running this newspaper or am I? Well, you are, I guess, but I... You guess? Well, well, sure. Of course you are. But Mr. Kent said you were in danger. Alone, not to leave until he got here. He said it might be a little later than six, but he said... If you... you don't stop that, he said stuff, I... Oh, no, I... look, you Quiet, quiet. Do you and Kent think I am? A bait in arms? No, but... What? We... Nothing. Plan wouldn't dare lay a finger on me. You're just trying to scare me into turning off the heat on them. I don't know about that. I think... Well, you... I do know. I'll get your hat and come along. Kent's going to be awful sore when he gets to the planet and finds you gone, Mr. White. Yeah, I'm shuddering in my boots. Do you think he'll fire me? I don't think it's any joking matter. Those fiery cross clan guys are bad actors. They... What's that fool blowing his horn for? I don't know. Maybe you better pull over, Mr. White. Looks like he wants to pass us. Well, let him. I'm doing 25. That's the legal speed limit on this highway. I'm on my side of the road. Here he comes. Hey, get over there. What are you trying to do? It's a truck. I don't care what it is. He's starting us off the road. Hey, watch out. Look out, hey. Mr. White. You're going off the road. Well, that was too close. That stupid driver deliberately crowded us off the road, almost sent us into the ditch. Believe me, I'll tell him a thing or two. Hey, wait, Chief. Look. I'm waiting for nothing. I'm going to... Holy smokes. Look. Those men jumping out of the truck. They're wearing sheets and hoods. Good Godfrey. They're... 
There's a clan with a fiery cross. Their blood suddenly running cold. Jimmy Olsen and Perry White sit rigidly in their car as some 20 robed and hooded men leap from the truck and run threateningly toward them. What will happen to gray-haired editor White and his young reporter with Superman unaware that they are now trapped by the hate-mongering bigots of the clan of the Fiery Cross? There's much excitement ahead, so don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode, gang. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, with Clark Kent's admonition to remain at the Daily Planet gone unheeded, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen have fallen into the hands of enemies, the hooded mobsters of the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, if you want a breakfast treat that is a treat, latch on to a dish of Kellogg's Pep tomorrow morning. There's a dish that'll make your appetite sit up and take notice, believe me. Each tender whole wheat flake is crisp and golden. Good as gold to taste, too. Why, Kellogg's Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. It's loaded to the brim with sunshine flavor, a breezy sort of flavor that brings every spoonful right back for another. And just ask Mom about how Kellogg's Pep stacks up for nutrition. She knows you get solid whole wheat nourishment and more. Add it all up, gang, and you'll get a big total of reasons why Kellogg's Pep will make a real hit with you. See if you don't go for a pet in such a big way that almost before you know it, you've finished off every last spoonful in your bowl, which is a particularly smart idea nowadays when we're sending the cereal grains to help give good nourishment to fellows and girls across the seas. Nobody wants to waste cereal. So when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, make sure that you pour it out carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. Get the right habit, gang. Eat all your pep. Don't waste it. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Tommy Lee, spectacular boy pitcher and star player on Jim Wilson's Unity House baseball team, was brutally attacked by the hate-mongering clan of the Fiery Cross because he is Chinese, Editor Perry White printed a blistering editorial against the cowardly hooded band whose un-American credo is one race, one religion, one color. White's editorial was accompanied by an offer of $1,000 to whomever would reveal the identity of a clansman. That night, a fiery cross was planted on White's lawn as a warning. Furious and far from intimidated, White published another editorial attack against the fanatical bigotry of the hooded clan, raising his offer to $5,000 for identification of its membership. Ignoring Kent's admonition to stay in the office until his return, White and Jim Olsen drove off to the editor's bourbon home. 
En route, they are forced to stop a large truck, which, as our story continues now, is disgorging some 20 men, all garbed in long sheets, slitted hoods, who mutter angrily as rush toward White and Jim. Holy smokes. Look, Chief. There's the crime of the fiery cross. Come on, boy. You know what to do. You bet we do. Quick, Chief. Get stop the car. Maybe we can get away. No, no, Jim. It's too late. Take your hand off me, you. Hey, let go. Let go. Let go. You drive their car. Follow us. Let's go. Throwing the unconscious Jimmy Olsen and Perry White into their truck, the robed and hooded clansmen leap in after them, and a moment later roar away. Meanwhile, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman has returned to the Daily Planet. Failing to find White and Jimmy, he has entered Lois Lane's office where the girl reporter is typing a story. Listen, Lois, did you Just see Just a moment, Clark. I'm finishing a story on Dr. Lee. What? You know Tommy Lee's father. Well, all right, that's fine, but will you please stop typing a moment and listen to me? This is important. Okay, okay. There. Now, what's on your mind? Have you seen the chief and Jimmy? Yes, I saw them about, oh, half an hour ago when I got back to the office. They were just leaving. Leaving? Where? For the chief's house. Why? Oh, of all the stubborn... I told him not to leave the office without me. You tell who? The chief. Do you mind if I use your phone? Well, of course not. Look, what's all the excitement about? What do you mean? Don't you know about the cross being burned on the chief's lawn last night? And Poco getting beaten up? Of course I know about it, but has something else happened now? I don't know. I hope not. You hope not, Clark. I wish you'd explain what's eating you. I'm worried about the chief, Lois. That fiery cross was the clan's warning to him to stop attacking them in the Daily Planet or else. You know that, don't you? Oh, sure, but they were just bluffing. Bluffing? Well, you know they wouldn't dare do anything to an important man like the editor of the Daily Planet. Oh, that's what you think. Oh, why doesn't somebody answer? Who are you calling? Mr. White's house. Well, well, poor Poco can't answer. He's in bed, you know, under a doctor's care. Oh, I know, but the nurse, Miss Adams, is there. Oh, Hello, Miss Adams. Uh, this is Clark Kent. Yes, did Mr. White and Jim Olsen get there yet? They didn't. Well, I... Yes, I know you're expecting them. And I will look. Will you ask Mr. White to phone me the moment he comes in, please? I'm at the office. That's right, at the Daily Plant. Thank you. Goodbye. Not home yet? Uh-uh. And that worries me. Said they left a half hour ago, Lois? Well, about that. They should be home because it doesn't take much more than half an hour to drive out there. Stop worrying, Clark. For heaven's sake. I can't when I think of the clan of the Fiery Cross and what they do. Oh, stop it, Clark. You know those cowards attack people who can't defend themselves and whom they think they can scare into silence, like little Tommy Lee and his father. Why, they wouldn't dare attack Perry White. Well, ordinarily you'd be right, Lois. But they can't afford to have a big paper like the Planet blasting them and offering $5,000 rewards for information about them. Well... They've got to shut up the chief or stop their dirty work. I think they wouldn't dare touch him. And I tell you, they're wrong. I'll wait another ten minutes. The chief isn't home by then. I'm going out to look for him. For heaven's sake, who are you calling now, Clark? It's out for ten minutes are up. Goodness, I never knew you were such a worrier. Look, I've had too much experience with these fanatical hate mongers not to worry, Lord. Oh, hello, Miss Adams. This is Clark Kent again. Did Mr. White and Jim Olsen get there yet? Oh, they haven't. Well, did you hear from them at all? I see. No, 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 no other message. All right, thank you. Goodbye. You're not home. No. I'll, uh, I'll see you later. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where are you going? Look for the chief and Jimmy. I've got a hunch they're in trouble. Now you've got me worried. I'll go with you. No, I can work faster alone. Don't be silly. How can you? You'd be surprised. So long. <laughs> Hurrying to the deserted storeroom, Kent strips off his business suit, revealing the blue costume and red cape of Superman. Swiftly, he opens the window. Out! Up! And away! 
shot from a giant bow, Superman flashes away from the Daily Planet, rocketing above the highway leading to Editor White's suburban home. A moment later, he is hovering above White's house, sees his friends are not there, and returns to scour the highway and the nearby countryside again. Later, more worried than ever, he has resumed his guise of Clark Kent and is in the office of Inspector Henderson at Metropolis Police Headquarters. You've checked with the highway police, Inspector? Yes, and with all the hospitals. There's been no report of anything happening to Mr. White and Jim. Oh. Or of anyone seeing them after they left the planet this evening. And then I'm positive the clan of the Fiery Cross is behind their disappearance. You've got to track them down. Now, wait a minute, Kent. The clansmen are bad actors, but they pick on little people. They only try to frighten the big ones. They tried to frighten Mr. White, and it didn't work, so they had to go farther. They knew if they didn't silence him, he'd silence them eventually. Yes, Believe me, Inspector, I know what I'm talking about. Now, we've got to work fast. We may never see Mr. White and Jimmy again. We've got to track down that clan. Yeah, well, how are we going to do that? We don't even know who those devils are. All right, we've got to find out. Now, look, that boy who called me the other night to tell me the clan was going to tar and feather Tommy Lee, he knows who the clansmen are. Now, if we can find him, oh, we... Oh, sure, if, if, if. I've had all phone exchanges trying to trace that call, and my men are asking questions everywhere. But it's no soap. Trouble is, we haven't got a description of the boy. I know. Oh, uh, just a minute, that's my phone. Hello? Oh, yes, Haley. What? You have, huh? Oh, that's fine. Well, where are you? Third in Maine? Right. Right, we'll be right out. That was Healy, Kent. Yes? He's picked up a boy he thinks might be the one who phoned you the other night. Wonderful. Let's go. Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson have just arrived at Third and Main Streets, where Sergeant Healy reported picking up a boy who might be the mysterious youngster who had telephoned Kent the night the clan of the Fiery Cross attacked young Tommy Lee. Where's the boy, Healy? I let him go, Inspector. What? You let him go? Yeah, I called you back, but you'd already left. This kid was acting suspiciously two nights ago when the Lee boy was grabbed by the clan. Also, we made a phone call from the pool room to someone, he wouldn't say who, about the time Mr. Kent got the call. Yeah? But when I checked back on my notes, I saw where Mr. Kent had said the kid who phoned him didn't have any accent. No, he didn't. Well, this kid had a southern accent. Uh-oh. Well, it might have been a phony. It wasn't. I made sure. I checked with people around here who knew him and his folks. Up in the south, all right. Well, I guess that's that, Kent. Not on your life, Inspector. We've still got to find a lead to the clan because I'm sure they've got Jim and Mr. White. And I'm afraid that unless we get to them quickly... It'll be too late. Mark Kent's fear is well-founded. For at this moment in the clan's head out high in the craggy hills above Metropolis, Jimmy and White sit in a small, dark cave, their hands bound tightly behind them with wire. Outside the cave entrance, two ghostly figures in robes and hoods keep watch. Other hooded figures stand guard elsewhere in the moonlit glade. What do you think's going to happen to us, Mr. White? Nothing, Jim. Not a thing. They wouldn't dare do anything to us. That's what you said last night, after they burned the cross on your lawn. Oh, uh, they're just bluffing now, trying to scare us. Well, you can't kid me. You don't believe that any more than I do. I know these guys mean business. Rubbish. Sheer nonsensical rubbish. Oh, yeah? I got a feeling we're in for the works. I heard one of the guys say their grand... Grand Scorpion was coming up here tonight, and it was going to be just too bad for us. And I say it'll be too bad for him and for all of his dirty gang if they so much as lay a finger on us. I... Hold it, Chief. Comes one of the rats. Well, let him come. I'll tell him a thing or two. All right, White. All send up in your feet. Now look here, you. Shut you... up and do as you're told. Wait, you. Chief, please. Well, the, the idea. The Grand Scorpion wants to see you. Follow me. The who? You heard me. The Grand Scorpion of the clan. The of... Grand Baloney. Now you listen to me. If you know what's good for you, look, you'll... White. If you know what's good for you, you'll shut your face and do as you're told. We don't aim to take any more from you. You understand? Now come on, move. Shoved roughly from the cave, Jim Olsen and Perry White follow the hooded ruffian across the moonlit glade to a secluded spot where Matt Riggs, the cold-eyed leader of the clan of the Fiery Cross, awaits them. What will happen? 
Tomorrow's episode is tense with action and drama, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White, captives of the clan of the Fiery Cross, await their interview with the Grand Scorpion, puzzled as to how far the bigoted leader will dare to go. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, they say that the golden sun shining over the ancient pyramids of Egypt is really a sight to see. And gang, if you want to see a pyramid of good eating, all golden and crisp and sunny, try the pep dish of the week for breakfast tomorrow. It's a pep pyramid. And here's how it goes. In the bottom of your bowl, pile up your serving of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, in the shape of a pyramid. Then around the base, scatter some fruit, you know, like juicy red raspberries, Add milk and sugar and pitch in. Believe me, Kellogg's Pep makes this a dish that's mighty easy to take. Pep is tender and and crunchy and full up with a sparkling sunshine flavor that gives your appetite the go-ahead every time. And Kellogg's Pep is good for you, too. So you want to finish off every sunny flake in your bowl. And gang, here's another angle. Nowadays, the cereal grains are being sent to help give good nourishment to fellows and girls all over the world. So you don't want to waste cereal. When Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers, appoint yourself a committee of one to help guard against waste. 
pour your pep carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Get hep to pep, gang. Eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. In the clan of the Fiery Cross, a group of hate mongers whose credo is one race, one color, attacked Tommy Lee, star pitcher on Jimmy Olsen's Unity baseball team, because he is Chinese. Editor Perry White offered $5,000 reward to anyone who could identify the cowardly Klansman. That night, the men in sheets and hoods seized White and Jim and carried them to a hideout in the hills high above Metropolis. While Superman and the police searched for them, the gray-haired editor and the young reporter, their hands bound, were brought to a large cave, before which burns a fiery cross, symbol of the clan, whose leaping flames eerily illuminate the cave where Matt Riggs, leader of the intolerant band, stands, garbed in a long robe embroidered with a blue scorpion. A peaked hood slit to reveal only his cold, slaty eyes covers his head and face. Arms crossed on his chest. Riggs stares at White and Jim as they approach. So, you are the high monkey monkey this bunch, eh? I'm the Grand Scorpion of the Clan of the Fiery Cross. The Grand Rat, you mean? And a couple of other names I could think of, you... Chief, please. I advise you to control your temper, Mr. White, and your tongue. I don't want any advice from you, but I'll give you some. Release us at once, or by heaven, you and every one of your hooded hooligans will go to the electric chair. You're in no position to threaten us. By the time you're down in these hills, it'll be too late. Unless you come to terms first. Terms? Well, what do you mean? You've got to agree to stop your attacks on us and your newspaper with your dirty lies. Stop standing up for those, those yellow foreigners. They're not foreigners. They're darn good Americans. A whole lot better than you are. Quiet, you young punk. The Lees are American citizens, entitled to the same privileges as any of us. They're not Americans. They're foreigners. Their skin isn't... So what? The Indians who were here before us are red-skinned. Does that make them foreigners? I'm not talking about the Indians. You're talking rot, and you know it. The nation was founded by foreigners and built by foreigners. Everyone here either came from another country or is descended from folks who did. Don't you ever read your history, you you, you, you stupid bigot. That's telling him, Chief. Now, look here, you two. I warn you, I'm not going to waste any more talk on you. Oh, good. Then you listen to me. I happen to love my country and what it stands for. Equal rights and privileges for all Americans, regardless of what church they choose to worship God in or what color skin God gave them. Now, you wait a minute. The United States was founded on that principle, and we've just fought a Second World War to preserve it. You and others like you with your diseased minds want to tear down what we built and fought to keep, but you can't do it. Blast you. I'll fight you to the last breath, and so will every other American worth his salt. You flush you and your hate-peddling goons out from behind your dirty sheets and clap you in jail where you belong. Shut up, boy, Chief. Now, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Mr. Rat. You fools. Do you think that you or anyone else can stop the clan of the fiery cross? You bet we can. And we will. We stopped Hitler, mister. And his puppet sold the same baloney as yours. All right. I'll just show you how we'll deal with those who stand in the clan's way. Joe! Yeah? Tell the brothers to start heating the tar. Get those feathers ready. What? I don't care who he is or what he is. Do as I say. Okay, you're the boss. Ralph, join us. Now, don't move, you two. We'll see how brave you are when the hot tar touches your skin. Now, now look, wait a minute. Don't you... let him scare you, Jim. He, he wouldn't dare do anything to us. I'm not so sure, Chief. I think they are going to tar and feather us. Nonsense, nonsense. This fellow is just trying to scare us into doing what he wants. Maybe, but did you notice the way he looked just then? I mean, the way his eyes shone? I think he's cracked. Yeah, of course he is. All fanatics are. Well, but... what's the matter, Joe? There's no time. What? Yeah, Ralph says that last storm knocked the barrels off the ledge. They rolled down into the stream and broke open. Oh, boy, what a break. Well, what are you waiting for? Get some more tar. How are we going to get any tar in these? Oh, no, I don't know. 
Look, I gotta go back to town, so you come along and ride with me. We'll pick up a barrel at home and bring it back in the morning. Okay. What do we do with White and Olsen for Lent? The other boys can stand guard on them. They'll keep till we get back. Come on. Granted a few hours reprieve, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White are returned to the small cave across the glade where robed and hooded clansmen stand guard. Meanwhile, unable to find a trace of his friends, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent has returned to the Daily Planet where Lois Lane greets him anxiously. Any luck, Clark? No. The boy the police picked up was the wrong one. What's all this about a boy? You started to tell me before, but you didn't finish. Oh, well, you see, Lois, some unidentified boy phoned me the night the clan grabbed Tommy Lee. Yes? He told me the clan was taking Tommy to the river bend to tar and feather him. I see. And he wouldn't tell you his name? Nobody knew all about it, so he must know who the clan was not. Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to try something. Try what? What I wanted the chief to do the other day. Run an open letter on the first page of the Daily Planet addressed to that boy. A letter explaining that, well, that, that not only Tommy Lee and Jim Olsen, but every boy in America who, who parts his hair a way the clan doesn't like or who refuses to bow down to those bullies is in danger of his life. Clark. I believe that boy must have a sense of honor which prompted him to call me to help Tommy Lee. But why wouldn't he give you his name? Oh, well, probably because he was afraid of being found out by the clan. Yes, he must have taken a great risk even to phone me. Well, now I'm going to appeal again to his sense of honor and fair play. Well, you go ahead if you like, but I don't think it'll work, Clark. If he was afraid before... I think it will work. Anyhow, it's our only chance. Look, Lois, you call Donovan. Yes? Tell him what's up and ask him to call the pressman and get them down here at once. Okay. We're going to put out a special early morning edition of The Planet. Unaware that the mysterious boy is Chuck Riggs, nephew of the Grand Scorpion of the Clan of the Fiery Cross, Clark Kent composes an open letter to him to be displayed on the first page of a special edition of The Daily Planet. Working at top speed, Clark Kent and Lois Lane publish an extra edition of The Daily Planet. Early the next morning, Chuck Riggs, the boy who indirectly caused the clan of the Fiery Cross to attack young Tommy Lee, and then, tortured by his conscience, phoned Clark Kent, is at the breakfast table with his mother in the home they share with Chuck's uncle Matt, secretly the leader of the vicious clan. At his mother's request, Chuck got a special edition of the Daily Planet from a shouting newsboy. Now, his eyes on his plate, he sits brooding while his mother picks up the paper. Eat your breakfast, Chuck. You'll be made late for school. Now, let's see what this extra paper's about. I've had enough, Mom. Enough? Well, you hardly touched your eggs. What's the matter with you these last few days? I'm okay, Mom. Well, you don't act all right. Ever since you got dropped from the Unity House baseball team... Don't talk about that. What? I'm sorry, Mom. I didn't mean to blow up. Don't you speak to me like that again, young man. I said I was sorry. Sorry? You're going to act more like your Uncle Matt every day. Temper tantrums and brooding spells. I've got to take it from your uncle. This is his house that we live in. But I won't have it from you now. You understand? Yes, ma'am. Well, mind you, don't forget now, let's see what's in this paper. I never knew the planet to put out a morning paper before. My land. Listen to this. To the boy who phoned me the night Tommy Lee was captured by the clan of the Fiery Cross, you know by now that another boy, Jim Olson, and a brave man who dared to defy the cowardly clan of the Fiery Cross are in danger of their lives. Mom, please cut it out. I... I already read that. Well, isn't it awful? That terrible clan. Every one of them ought to be tarred and feathered instead of the decent folks they do it to. And there's poor Jim Olson. Hey, Chuck, isn't he the one who was the manager of your ball team? Yes, sir. And now his life's in danger. And some boy who could help him won't speak up. Chuck, did you ever hear of any so terrible? If I had a cowardly boy like that, I'd, I'd put him out of my house and never see him again, much as it'd break my heart. You, you would, Mom? Of course I would. Think of a boy who won't speak up to save another boy and a fine man and who doesn't think enough of his own country to want to protect it from ruffians like the clan of the Fiery Cross. 
Why, that plan's no better than those Nazis in Germany. But, but, Mom, if that boy did what Mr. Kent wants him to, and the Klan people found it out, they, they'd do something awful to him. Maybe, maybe even tar and feather him. Mm, no, no, they wouldn't. Mr. Kent says he and the police would protect him. But the Klan men might be watching Mr. Kent every minute. Nobody knows who they are. Why, why, gosh, your own husband could be a member of the Klan and you wouldn't know it. Or your uncle. My husband wouldn't be a hater in a sheet and hood if he was alive. He'd be out looking for him to wipe him out. That's what your father would be doing. Yeah, I... Oh, golly, I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do about what? Huh? Oh, oh, nothing, Mom. I was thinking about... about something else. But... Uh, I really don't know what to do. <laughs> Caught between his conscience and his dread fear of the clan of the Fiery Cross, Chuck Biggs hesitates, unable to decide what to do. Whether to go to Clark Kent and reveal the identity of his uncle, or to remain silent. While Chuck hesitates, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White, far away in the desolate hills, lose hope. As no sign of rescue appears, and their ordeal at the hands of the men of hate and bigotry draws nearer. What will happen? Will Chuck Riggs contact Clark Kent, or won't he? Tomorrow tells the story, so don't fail to listen. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg, Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, a heavy burden rests on Chuck Riggs. As torn between a sense of honor and a living fear of his uncle, he hears his mother champion the appeal that Clark Kent has addressed to him. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. 
Say, doesn't it give your day a good start to know that you're going to hitch up your chair to a good breakfast? Well, that's why Kellogg's Pep had so many breakfasts so many mornings. Because Pep makes such a terrific dish, right away you want to eat the hearty sort of meal that sends you tearing off to work or play in a good mood. Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep is a slick treat. It's crisp for one thing, and every single whole wheat flake is so tender and toasty, why it practically melts in your mouth. And Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. It's famous for sparkling sunshine flavor. Every single spoonful is sunny and golden toasted as can be. Besides, Kellogg's Pep is good for you. Sure, every single bowl gives you solid whole wheat nourishment plus. So you're on the bean if you polish that bowl clean as a whistle. And nowadays, gang, it's particularly important to eat up all your pet because we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls overseas. Remember that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. Don't waste it. If you pour your own pet, pour it carefully and finish up every bit you pour out. Pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Make sure to eat all your pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. When a band of robed and hooded hate mongers, known as the Clan of the Fiery Cross, attacked the boy pitcher of the Unity House baseball team because he was Chinese, Editor Perry White offered a reward of $5,000 to anyone who could reveal their identity. That night, the vengeful clan seized White and Jimmy Olsen and took them to a hideout in the hills, where they prepared to tar and feather them. But a storm had swept the barrels of tar into the river, and Matt Riggs, the Grand Scorpion, returned to Metropolis for more. Meanwhile, Clark Kent had published a front-page letter in the Daily Planet addressed to the unknown boy who had phoned him on the night the hooded bigots had attacked the Chinese youngster. Kent appealed to the boy to reveal the identity of the Klansman, never dreaming that he was Chuck Riggs, the nephew of their leader. As we continue now, Chuck and his mother are at the breakfast table. Chuck is torn between his desire to help Jimmy and his fear of the clan's vengeance. I only knew what to do. You only knew what to do about what, Chuck? Oh, nothing, Mom. Nothing. Now, don't lie to me, Chuck Riggs. That's the third time you've said that about not knowing what to do. You've got something on your mind. No. It's, Mom, it's just... Just... Just uh... what? Now, come on now. Out with it. Are you in some kind of trouble? Oh, for gosh sakes, can't you let a fellow alone? Well, not till you tell me what trouble you're in. I'm your mother. I'm not I... in any trouble, I tell you. It's just that... Well, I've been thinking about this boy in the Daily Planet. The one Mr. Kent wrote that letter to. Oh, you know who he is? I didn't say that. I... Well, I've been thinking. Wondering what I'd do if I was that kid. Oh, is that all that's bothering you, son? Sure. So, Look, Mom. Suppose you were that kid. What would you do? I'd go to Mr. Kent, of course. I'd tell him all I knew about those ruffians and their sheets and hoods, and I'd see them all in jail. Sure, but suppose they... They have no right picking on people because they go to a different church or because the good Lord saw fit to give them a different color skin. Who are they to question the Lord's way of doing things? I know. You're right, Mom, but... But if the boy Mr. Kent means squealed and the clan found out, they... There's no telling what they do to him. Well, he shouldn't think of that. It's just like Mr. Kent's letter here says. Not only Jim Olson, but every other boy in the United States is in danger, unless that plan of the fiery cross is broken up. Well, land sake, Chuck, how do you know that they won't say tomorrow they don't like the church you and I go to, or the color of our eyes, and decide to do something to me or you? Never thought of it that way. You're right, Mom. I'm going to do like you say. You're going to do what? Oh, I... I got to do something right away, before maybe it's too late. Well, where are you going, Chuck? Uncle Matt. Oh, well, morning, Matt. I didn't hear you come home. Uh, just sit right down. I'll have your breakfast in Never mind, sir. Never mind. I got to leave again right away. 
Hey, come on out to the garage with me, will you, Chuck? I'd like to talk to you about something. I, I got to get to school. It won't take long. Come on. What did you want to talk to me about, Uncle Matt? I noticed a copy of the Daily Planet on the breakfast table in there. Did you see Clark Kent's letter on the first page addressed to some boy? Y- yes, sir. I saw it. That boy isn't you, is Chuck? What? You heard me. Did you phone Kent that something happened to Tommy Lee that night? Me? Oh, gosh, what, what makes you think it was me? I don't know. I'm just hoping it wasn't you, that's all. Because I'd hate for something bad to happen to my own nephew. What, what do you mean? I mean that if that boy was you, Chuck, even though you're my brother's son, I'd see that you were tired and fettered. You would? Yes, the work of the clan of the Fiery Cross must go on. If anybody tries to stop it... Even if it's my own flesh and blood, blood, it'll go hard on him. Do you understand? Yes, sir. I understand. Good. You see, Chuck, you're the only outsider who ever attended a clan meeting. Since that night, you're being watched. I have? Yes. Somebody is watching you every second. So if you were the boy Kent's looking for and you did try to go with the police, well, you wouldn't have a chance, you see. Yeah. I see. I want you to remember that. Oh, come on, get in the truck. In the truck? What for? I'm taking a barrel of slip... Well, I've sent it up to a customer, and I pass your school on the way. You were going to school, weren't you? Yeah, sure. Of course I was. All right, come on, then. I'll see you get there. Direct. Terrified and with all thought of going to Clark Kent abandoned, Chuck Riggs climbed into the truck beside his uncle and was driven to school. Some time later, as the sun blazes down on the little clearing in the hills used by the clan of the Fiery Cross as a hideout, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White are in a small cave outside of which two robed and hooded clansmen stand guard. Across the clearing, a wood fire, tended by other robed and hooded bigots, burns under a huge bucket of tar, which is beginning to bubble and steam. I just about got the wire off my wrist, Mr. White. There. Now I'll get it off yours. Uh, I don't know what good it'll do, Jim. We can't get away from these scoundrels. They're too many for us. We can try, can't we? We're just not going to stand still and let them tar and fan us, are we? I still don't believe they'll really go through with it. I do. Grand Scorpion, or whatever they call him, is half crazy. Yeah. There, you're free. Yeah, that's a relief. The hands and arms are not as boards. Hey, what's that smell? Hot tar. I guess it, it's almost ready for us. Uh, talk like that. They wouldn't dare go through with this. They still think they can scare me. Uh-oh. Get away from the cave entrance. What's the matter? Get back, I said. Comes there, high monkey muck. Keep your hands behind your back. They're still tied. Okay. I guess this... This is it, Chief. Now, don't go to pieces, Jim. Now, listen. When they take us out of the cave, make a break for those woods across the clearing. We couldn't make it. You said yourself there were too many of these guys. We've got to try. Quiet now, quiet. Here comes Mr. Grand Scorpion and another one. Now, remember, as soon as we're out of the cave, make a break. Okay. Well, White, you've had plenty of time to think over my proposition and to smell that hot tar. Have you changed your mind? What do you mean? You know what I mean. You agree to stop attacking us in your newspaper, withdraw your reward from information about us, and publish a story saying that the clan of the Fiery Cross was not responsible for the attack on that Chinese boy and his father. Never. All right. We can see how brave you are when the first brush full of hot tar touches your skin. Ralph, bring him along. Okay. Come on, you. Take your hands off of me. We can walk about your help. Get going, then. Come on, Tim. Remember. Okay. Hey, their hands are untied. Run, Tim, run. No, you don't. Get back. You let go of me. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to get one sock at you. I'm going to tear that foot off your oh. face. Never mind, Joe. We got it. There. Now I can see your dirty face. Why, you... What? 
jeepers. It's Mr. Riggs. Who? Chuck Riggs' uncle. You made a great mistake when you tore my hood off, Mr. White. Now that you know who I am, well, I can see we got to change our plan. Change our plan? Yes. We can't just tar and feather you and let you go. Well, what do you mean? I mean, Othan, that now you, Mr. White, must die. Slate-colored, half-mad eyes gleaming like those of a jungle beast. Matt Riggs, Grand Scorpion of the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Condemns Jimmy Olsen and Perry White to death. Will his murderous sentence be carried out? Just as Matt Riggs was condemning Jimmy Olsen and Perry White to death, Clark Kent returned to the Daily Planet after another vain search for his friends. Beanie Martin, the copy boy, follows him into his office. Where's this lane, Beanie? She went out just a little while ago. Oh? She said she couldn't stand just sitting around and waiting anymore. I know how she feels. Look at Mr. Kent. If we could just get hold of Superman, I'll bet you he could find Jim and Mr. White. Well, he hasn't been able to so far. You mean he's been looking? Sure. So have the police. Well, if we could only learn the identity of a single member of the clan of the Fiery Cross, I'd make him lead us to the others. Nobody came in to tell us anything about them. And we offered $5,000 reward, too. Well, whoever might know about the clan is afraid to talk, Beanie. They're afraid they might be caught later and talked and feathered. Yeah, I was counting on the boy who phoned me that night. I was sure he'd come in after that open letter on the planet this morning. I guess he was afraid of being tarred and feathered, too. I suppose so. Gee, if I only knew who he was. You think he knows who the clansmen are, huh? I'm sure he does. He knew all about what was going to happen to Tommy Lee that night and where they were taking him. He was very worried about Tommy... Say, wait a minute. Beanie, I think I've got it. Hmm? Got one? I think I can find that boy. Keep your fingers crossed, Beanie, and pray hard that I'm not too late. Spring from his chair, Clark Kent rushes from his office. What has he thought of? And will it lead him to Chuck Riggs? Every second counts now because high in the hills, miles from Metropolis, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White face death at the hands of the fanatical men of hate, the clan of the Fiery Cross. Monday's episode is packed with excitement, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. The Sunshine Serial presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, with Jim Olsen and Perry White marked for death by the Clan of the Fiery Cross, their one chance for rescue rests with Superman and his plan to learn the identity of the hooded mobster. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, you fellows and girls have a lot of your own words for good. You say uh, something is keen or, or solid or terrific. 
Well, gang, those words come in mighty handy when you're talking about Kellogg's Pep. For instance, uh, lots of kids say Pep's sparkling sunshine flavor is keen. Yes, Pep is called the sunshine cereal, as cheerful and sunny a dish as you'd ever hope to see. And crisp? Why, those tender whole wheat flakes practically melt in your mouth. Yes, sir, Kellogg's Pep is a mighty keen treat. Now, what's another one of those words? Oh, yeah, solid. Why, Kellogg's Pep gives you solid whole wheat nourishment, plus it's a solid start for a hearty breakfast that helps start your day off right. And let's see now. Pep is keen, it's solid, and terrific. You just try Kellogg's Pep for breakfast tomorrow morning and see if you don't think it's so terrific you want to eat up every bit in your bowl. That's always the smart thing to do, you know, and particularly smart nowadays when we're sending the cereal grains to fellows and girls overseas. When Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocer's, see that it's not wasted. Pour it out carefully and finish off every bit you pour out. Get the right habit, gang. Eat all your Pep. Don't waste it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Captured by a band of hooded terrorists known as the Clan of the Fiery Cross, Editor Perry White and Jim Olsen were taken into the hills above Metropolis, where they were to be tarred and feathered in reprisal for the Daily Planet's attacks on the Clan. But when, in an ensuing scuffle, White tore the hood from the Grand Scorpion, their situation became even more serious. Enraged and frightened by the exposure of his identity as Matt Riggs, a well-known trucking contractor, the clan leader announced that White and Olsen must die. Today, while Superman continues his desperate attempt to find them, Jim and Perry White remain bound to trees as, several yards away, Matt Riggs is huddled with his robed and hooded action committee, arguing violently in an effort to convince them that their prisoners must not be allowed to remain alive. Listen. I tell you, brothers, these men are dangerous to our cause. Now that they know who I am, they can trace the rest of you through my association with you. Don't you see that? Yeah, sure, Matt, but killing an important guy like the editor of the Daily Planet, that's too risky. Uh, right. Now, wait a minute. Do you want to see the clan of the Fiery Cross busted up? No. Do you want to break our sacred vows to save America from all the foreign trash that clutters up our neighborhoods? Well, no, of course not, Matt, but... Uh... What? Nothing. If we let White and Wilson get back alive, we're through. Understand? Finished. Because White has already said about us in our papers nothing compared to what he'll say now. What's more, he knows who I am, and the police will find out who you are. With all the pressure that he and others like him will put on the police, they'll have to go after us. And no time to break it up. Maybe they'll shut up. And... No. I'm telling you, if we let them go, we're a sense for a jail sentence. Every mother's son of us. When we get out, we'll find the foreigners running our country and the 100% Americans, our own kind, taking orders from them. No more often slaves. You want to see that happen? No, oh, no certainly I not. I tell you, this is a case of self-preservation, brothers. It's our lives or theirs. Either White or Olsen die or the clan of the Fiery Cross dies. Now take your choice. His eyes blazing with a mad murderous like Matt Riggs, cunning leader of the road and hooded bigots, seeks to so inflame the fanatical clansmen with vicious lies that in a passion of hate, they will commit murder. The situation looks grave indeed for Perry White and Jim Olsen as, meanwhile, Superman in his guise of Clark Kent continues his desperate attempt to trace the identities of the clansmen in an effort to find his friends. Kent's open letter to the boy who called to tell him of the clan's attack on Tommy Lee having brought no results. He discusses another idea with Beanie Martin, Daily Planet copy boy. My hunch, Beanie, is that the boy I want, the one who I think must know at least one member of the Fiery Cross gang, is a player on the Unity House baseball team. Gee, Westminster Kent, how do you figure that? Because all this trouble started right after Jim Olsen put that Chinese boy, Tommy Lee, on the team. It did? Mm-hmm. There was a fight, I recall, and then an attempt was made to scare Tommy into quitting by burning a cross on his lawn. Yeah, I remember that. But jeepers, how could one of the kids get the clan mixed up in that fight? Oh, easy. 
As you know, those fanatical hooded bigots are against anyone who goes to a different church or whose skin is a different color. Well, all a boy had to do was mention the Unity House incident to a Klansman, maybe his father, his brother, or his uncle, and the Klan went into action. Gee, Wallikins. And then when I persuaded Tommy to stay and pitch an important game... They grabbed Tommy and were going to tar and feather him. That's right, Beanie. Yes, and they'd have gotten away with it, too, if I hadn't been tipped off by that telephone call from some unidentified boy. And that's the kid you're off the letter to, huh? Yes, yeah. Yes, I thought his sense of fairness and honor would make him come to me, but it didn't work. Now, if my hunch that he's a member of the Unity House team is correct, I think I know how I can find him. Was how, Mr. Kent? Well, since the only thing I know about the boy is the sound of his voice, I want to talk with the Unity House ballplayers. Oh, I get it. Hey, that sure is a swell idea. And you can do that right away because I happen to know what the team's practicing today. Oh, good. Say, by the way, who's running them in Jim's absence? Uh, Muggs, I think. Oh, Muggs, eh? Well, I'm sure he'll work with me. All right, I'm going over to the ballpark right now. Jeepers, Mr. Kent, can I go with you, please, can I? Well... All right, Beanie, yes, yes, come along. You may be able to help, too. Oh, boy, swell. Let's go. The guys say Muggs uh, isn't around, Mr. Kent. They expect him to show up in a little while, though. Oh, gee, well, we can't wait, Beanie. I'm afraid there's no time to lose. We've got to work fast if I'm to find Mr. White and Jim. Yeah, the fiery cross plants got him. There's no telling what'll happen. I'm afraid for the worst. What'll we do? Well, you'll have to work with me. Now, look, here's what I want you to do, Beanie. Yeah? Tell the boys... Well, let's see. Tell them you're on an assignment from the Daily Planet to interview each of them about... Well, about what they think of their chances for winning the championship. Uh-huh. Got that? Yeah. You want me to make like a sports reporter, huh? Right, Beanie, right. Oh, boy. Now, look. You get them to come into the locker room one at a time. Yeah. I'll be listening behind a locker while you ask them a few questions. Uh-huh. Now, if the boy isn't the one that I'm looking for, I'll tap on the metal with a key. So you can get rid of him fast and get another one in. Do you understand that? Sure, I get it. And when the right kid comes in... I'll let you know. Don't you worry. All right, now get going, Beanie, in a hurry. This is our only chance to find a clue to the thief and Jim, and it's got to work. What do you think of your chances to win the championship, Freddy? Well, they don't look so good without Jim Olsen and Tommy Lee. Boy, the fellas all think... Hey, what's that? Uh, oh, I don't know. Mice, maybe. Well, thanks, Freddy. Send in another guy on your way out, will you? You got a chance to win, Tony? Yeah, with a miracle, maybe. But it don't look too good, I'll tell you that much. Uh-huh. Well, thanks, Tony. I send the next guy in, will you? Uh, would you mind repeating that, Sam? I said I don't think we got a chance. To... Yeah, I got you. All right, thanks, Sam. Uh, next guy, please. Well, just give me an idea what you think. I don't even want to think about this. Okay, Johnny. Will you send in the next guy? Thanks, Bobby. Next man. Okay, Joe. Next man. Oh, that's all, Bill. Next man. One by one, the Unity House baseball players file into the locker room, speak briefly to Beanie Martin, and are sent away when Beanie hears the tapping of Clark Kent's key. Finally, the last boy has come and gone. Then, worried by the failure of his plan, Kent walks slowly out to the ball field, followed by Beanie. Oh, this is bad, Beanie. Very bad. Yeah. Watch the Zeppelin throw up line. You certainly did. But I can't understand. I was so sure I was on the right track this time. Jaypers, how are we going to find Mr. White and Jim now? I don't know. Oh, if only Muggs were here. Maybe he'd be able to give me a Hey, there's Muggs coming onto the field now. Oh, good. Hey, Muggs. Hey, Muggs. Hey. Hi, Beanie. Call him over here, Beanie. Now, come here a minute, will you? Sure. 
Hi, Mr. Kent. Hello, Marks. Say, did you hear anything yet about Joe? Oh, not a thing, Marks. Not a thing. But maybe you can help me out. Sure, sure. What can I do? Just listen for a minute. You see, I got a hunch that the boy who warned me about what was going to happen to Tommy Lee is a member of this ball team. Are you kidding? No, no, I'm not, Bugs. Now, I don't know his name or even what he looks like. All I know is the sound of his voice. Now, just listen to all the boys who are out there practicing, and none of them fits the bill. Can you give me any idea? Hey, 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 wait a minute. You still didn't talk to all the players, Mr. Kent. Well, we did all, but you and Tommy Lee. Yeah, I know, but there's still one guy who don't play with us anymore. But he was on the team the day we had all the fuss. The same day a cross was burned on Tommy's lawn. Who is that, Muggs? Come with me. I'll show you. With hope reborn, Clark Kent and Beanie Martin eagerly follow Muggs, who leads the way across the ball field. Is this the end of Kent's search? As we continue now, Muggs has led Clark Kent and Beanie Martin across the Unity House ball field to the sidelines at third base, where, his shoulders hunched, the dejected-looking boy stands and watches the team practice. There's a guy, Mr. Kent. He was on the team until a couple of days ago when Jim Olsen fired him for being a sorehead. He was, eh? Hey, that's... Quietly. I'd like to meet him, Muggs. Sure. Hey, Chuck. Come here. What do you want, Muggs? I, I want you to meet somebody. Kent, this is uh, Chuck Briggs. Hello, Chuck. Mr. Kent. Gee whiz, I... I, I, I gotta go... Wait a minute, Chuck. You're just the fellow I've been looking for. Startled and frightened, Chuck Riggs stares at Clark Kent, who places a firmly restraining hand on the boy's shoulder. Can Kent persuade Chuck, who is in mortal fear of the clan's vengeance, to reveal what Superman must know in order to save Perry White and Jim Olsen? Every second is precious now, as the murderous Matt Riggs exhorts his hooded company of fanatical bigots to carry out his death sentence against the gray-haired editor and the young reporter. What will happen? Tomorrow's action-packed episode tells the story, gang, so don't miss a second of it. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is the copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. difficult task faces Clark Kent, for though Chuck Riggs is found, fear of his uncle and the dread clan of the Fiery Cross may once more keep him silent. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Why don't you give it a whirl? A blueberry whirly gig, I mean. This week's nifty pep dish of the week. Why, it runs circles around most any other breakfast combination you ever tasted. Try it tomorrow. First, you sprinkle your serving of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, with white, fresh blueberries. Then, uh, now carefully, of course, take your spoon and give it a whirl so the juicy berries are all mixed in with those crisp flakes of pep. 
finish off with milk and sugar. And there's your blueberry whirligig, a neat way to dress up your dish of Kellogg's Pep. No kidding, gang. Pep sure does something for those berries. It's tender and toasted for one thing. And Pep is loaded with its own sparkling sunshine flavor. A comeback for more flavor that keeps your spoon coming right back until you've finished off every golden flake in your bowl. Which is certainly the right idea. You see, the cereal grains, like the whole wheat and Kellogg's Pep, are being sent to fellows and girls abroad. So uh, you wouldn't want to waste cereal. Think of that when Mom brings Kellogg's Pep home from the grocers. If you pour your own Pep, pour it carefully and eat up every bit you pour out. Pass the, lo- pass the word along to the rest of your family, too. Always... Eat all your pep. Don't waste it. Now, the adventures of Superman. When editor Perry White launched a vigorous newspaper campaign against the clan of the Fiery Cross, a group of hate mongers and terrorists whose credo is one religion, one color, the clan abducted White and Jimmy Olsen and prepared to tar and feather them. But when White tore the hood from the leader's face, revealing him as a man named Matt Riggs, the editor and Jimmy were condemned to death. Meanwhile, Clark Kent was searching for an unknown boy who had phoned him one night with information about the clan. Kent finally traced the boy to the Unity House baseball team. As we continue now, Kent is alone with the frightened boy, Chuck Riggs, nephew of the Grand Scorpion of the Clan of the Fiery Cross. Listen. You are the boy who phoned me the night Tommy Lee was hurt, aren't you, Chuck? Who, me? What makes you think... Don't lie now. You phoned me the night the Clan of the Fiery Cross was going to tar into the Tommy Lee, didn't you? I... I don't know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. You know the clan of the Fiery Cross has got Jim and Mr. White. All I want you to tell me is who some of the clansmen are. Oh, how would I know? You knew a lot about them the night you phoned me. You knew where they were taking Tommy, what they were going to do to him. Oh, look, why don't you let me alone? Because a boy's life is in danger and the life of a fine man. And not only they, but every boy and man and woman and girl in the United States is in danger until that clan is stamped out. Look, son, you know what the clan of the Fiery Cross stands for, don't you? I... No, I don't know anything about them. No, you don't. Well, they're cowardly gangsters who operate at night, hidden behind sheets and hoods. Their minds are diseased with hate. They hate the people who go to one church or those whose skin happens to be a different color. No one is safe from them. You want to protect people like that, Chuck? Me? No, All right, then tell me who they are. Tell me the name of even one of them. I'll guarantee you round up the rest. But I... Oh, jeepers. You're afraid to tell me, aren't you? Afraid? Yes. No, why should I be afraid? You're afraid the clan will tar and feather you if they find out you told me. Gosh, don't... don't say that. Look, Chuck, suppose I could show you that you'd be safe, that the clan couldn't get you. Would you tell me what I want to know then? You can't show me. They're watching me. Maybe right this minute they... I didn't mean to say that. I was... It's all right, son. It's all right. I understand. Look, do you think Superman could protect you from the clan of the Fiery Cross? Superman? Yes. If Superman promised to protect you, you wouldn't be afraid then, would you? No, I guess not, but... You're just trying to fool me, Mr. Kent. You can't get Superman. Think not? Get ready for a surprise, Chuck. Where are you going? To get Superman. You stay right where you are. Walking behind the locker room, Kent simply strips off his business suit and stands revealed in the blue costume and red cape of Superman. The man of steel hovers a moment, then plummets to earth to land beside the amazed Chuck Riggs. Creepers, who... Clark Kent said you had something to tell me, Chuck. Superman. She was... Where'd you come from? I just dropped from up above the clouds. Are you really Superman? I am. Sheepers. Superman. Look, Chuck. You think you can trust 
me to protect you from the clan of the Fiery Cross? Oh, sure can. Gosh, Superman, am I glad you're here. I almost went crazy worrying about Jim. I was going to go to Mr. Kent this morning when I saw that letter in the Daily Planet. Then it was but... you who called me, uh, who called Mr. Kent that night. Yeah, sure. I was going to go to Mr. Kent this morning. Honest, I was. But my Uncle Matt stopped me. He, I think he suspected I called Mr. Kent about Tommy Lee. He said the clan was watching me and warned that if I went near Mr. Kent, I'd get tarred and feathered. Who was your Uncle Matt, Chuck? What's his oh, full name? Matt Riggs. He's a trucking contractor. My mother and I live in his house. Is he a member of the clan? He sure is. He's the big shot, the Grand Scorpion. The Grand Scorpion, eh? Carl, he knew I was telling you all this. You don't have to worry now, Chuck. I can handle your Uncle Matt and all his robed and hooded gangsters. Tell me, did you hear him say anything about Jim and Mr. White? Uncle Matt was mad as anything at those stories Mr. White put in the Daily Planet about the clan. And the reward he was offering. Yes? I heard him say on the phone to somebody that they had to get Mr. White. Where's your Uncle Matt now, do you know? No, sir, I don't. Well, all right, let's see if we can't find him. Up in my arms with you, Chuck. Are we going to fly? We are. Hang on now. Oh, boy, flying with Superman. I must be dreaming. Here we go. Up, up, and away! (laughs) That your house down there, Chuck? I, I can't be sure from up here. Yeah, that's it. Here's the garage and the apple tree. And my bike under it. Nobody in the garage and just a woman in the house. It must be my mother. Oh, gosh, if she could see me with you. No time for that now. Look, Chuck, are you sure you don't know any other of the clansmen? I just know one of their names is Will, and one is Ralph. Know their last names? Uh-uh. Never saw any of their faces? No, they had on their cheeks and the hoods the only two times I saw them. The night they took Tommy Lee away, and at their meeting. At their meeting? You were at a clan meeting? Yeah, when Uncle Matt made me lie up Tommy Lee beating me on purpose and trying to kill me. Where was this meeting? Way up in the hills someplace. Gosh, it was spooky. A big burning cross and all those guys in their robes and hoods. All right, never mind that. Where in the hills? Do you remember? Let's see. I know we went out past the bend. The river bend? Yeah. And then we turned off someplace and started to climb into the hill. All right, we'll go up to the bend and try to find where you turned off. Hang on. Away! Just above it. Is that where you turned off? Wait. Yeah, Superman, that's the place. I remember that broken down old mill. We climbed way up into the hills. Must have been a couple of hours we climbed. And then we went off the road and went through the woods to a clearing. All right. We'll follow the road and look for the clearing. Away! A truck couldn't have gone much farther than this in a couple of hours, Chuck. I don't see any other road turning off to a clearing, though. It wasn't exactly a real road, Superman. No? Just some ruts going through the woods. Oh, well, let's go down lower and look. You find the ruts, Superman? No, not yet. Are you sure? Wait a minute, I see them. You do? Yes, we'll follow them. Let's hope they're the right one. That's the clearing. Yes, it's the one we want, too. Are Jim and Mr. White Oh, oh. What's the matter? Down to that clearing. Down! This the place, Chuck? Yeah. This is the place, all right. Look, there's a half-burned wooden cross. But where are Jim and Mr. White? And the clan? They're gone, Chuck. We got here too late. Now, where do we look? Helplessly, Superman and Chuck Riggs stare at the deserted clearing. Empty, save for a half-burned wooden cross. What has happened to Jimmy Olsen and Perry White? As Superman and Chuck Riggs dropped into the deserted hideout of the Clan of the Fiery Cross, a truck is rumbling down a narrow hill road many miles away. 
in the back of the truck, bound hand and foot and gagged, are Perry White and Jimmy Olsen, surrounded by ten robed and hooded figures. At the wheel is Will Jennings, and beside him is Matt Riggs, grand scorpion of the hooded terrorist band. Such a long trip, Matt. Why didn't we shoot White and Olsen up at the hideout and be done with it? And where'd we bury him? Why, up there in the clearing. Oh, where's your brains, Will? That place isn't safe. My nephew was up there the other night. Your nephew? Oh, you don't think... Yes, I do. I'm kind of worried about him. He acted awful funny this morning about that letter in the Daily Planet. You know, the one that Clark Kent wrote to the kid who called him the night we grabbed that Chinese boy? Yeah, why? Where does Chuck fit in that? I kind of think he was the one who called Kent. What? Hey, watch where you're going, will you? You almost went off the road. Yeah, excuse me. Holy smoke, Chuck knows all about about us. If you was afraid he'd squeal, how come you didn't do something about him? Because I'm not sure, that's why. But I'll find out for sure when I get home tonight. That's why we didn't do this job up at the hideout. So in case Chuck does squeal, if he brings the cops up there, they won't find anything, you see? Yeah, I see it. I gotta hand it to you, Matt. You think of everything. Well, I try to. This is important work we're doing, Will. Hey, look. Look at that glade in the woods over there. That ought to do just fine. Oh, you think it's safe? Sure, it's safe. It's just far enough away from the hideout and off the road. Pull in there. Okay. All right, brother. Drag out those two punks, White and Olsen, and let's get this over with. This is the end of the line for the... Leaping from the truck, the robed and hooded bigots hauled the bound and gagged Jim Olsen and Perry White from the truck and dragged them off the road to a tiny glade among the trees. Is this the end for our friends? Will the men of hate execute the death sentence before Superman can reach them? No, there still must be a chance that Wright and the Man of Steel will prevail. Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and action, fellows and girls. So don't miss it. Tune in. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!